for this morning will be from the Old Testament and from Psalm 119. From verse 57 to verse 72 of Psalm 119. Thou art my portion, O Lord, I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous ordinances. I am a companion of all those who fear thee and of those who keep thy precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Thou art good, and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold. And silver. Amen. Our reading was from Psalm one hundred and nineteen. And beginning with verse 57, the longest of the Psalms, Atwal al-Mazamir, and uh, the focus, of course, being in a very special, very clear way, uh, upon the Word of God, uh, the Word of God, uh, so that almost every verse in this Psalm mentions the Word of God in one way or uh, the other. Verse 57 says, Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. Now you see in this verse, and in fact this is true of other verses uh, as well, many verses, I'm not going to say everyone without exception, but uh, many of the verses, many of the statements, divide themselves naturally in half. First half, second half. In Arabic, uh, people would use the word that it has to do with poetry, which, and this is poetic language, al-shatr al-awwal, al-shatr al-thani, al-shatr al-thani. So, the first half says, Lord, you are my portion. And so that is one subject 
that is part of the statement. The second half says, I have said that I would keep thy words. That's the second half of the statement. And I'd like to consider with you these two halves, these two subjects, and some thoughts related to uh, these subjects. Note, first of all, the order in which these subjects appear. You are my portion, therefore I will keep your word. Now I added the word therefore, but it seems that you have a sequence that is logical, tertib monte. You know that there are many people who think, I'm going to do a one, two, three, and usually they think of things that are somewhat external and superficial. And therefore, I will gain the Lord's favor. And therefore, I will receive from him salvation and other uh, blessings. Now, the Bible doesn't put things in that order. First, we know him. First, we uh, come to him. First, we are saved by repentance and faith in him. And then, we should keep his word and follow him and obey him. And so you see in this verse, uh, in the arrangement of the two subjects, I think you see uh, an arrangement that makes sense as in, and is in harmony with what we see elsewhere. The Lord is my portion. This is the relationship that the believer has. Therefore I have said that I will keep his uh, words. The Lord is my portion, Rabb Masibi. Now notice with me that this is an idea that is mentioned uh, elsewhere, not just uh, here, not just uh, here. Uh, between parentheses, the Bible is a book that doesn't contradict itself, and what you see in one place, you see in other places as well, you see a harmony. Uh, a harmony. Uh, look at Psalm 16 and verse uh, 5. Mazmur Sotash wa al adad khamsi. The Lord is the portion of my uh, inheritance. Uh, I think I need to move this a little bit. Like this, perhaps. There we go. Uh, <laughs> so that I'm not in the direct line of fire, and I don't have to deal with pages that are uh, blowing away to uh, other passages. Uh, Psalm 16 and verse 5. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance, and of my cup you maintain my uh, lot. Uh, look at Psalm 142 and verse 5. I cried unto thee, O Lord, I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of uh, the living. Uh, look at the book of Lamentations. Uh, the book of Lamentations. Now remember, uh, just very quickly, uh, Lamentations. Lamentation for what? For the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. And uh, that was an event, someone from the Old Testament people would think of it as a catastrophe, a disaster. The end of all things. Tariba, uh, almost. Nevertheless, Jeremiah says in Lamentations 3 and verse 24, Jeremiah says, 
the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I hope, therefore will I hope uh, in him. So my portion is not the city of Jerusalem, as valuable as it might have been to Jeremiah and others of that, of that time. The Lord is my portion. The Lord is uh, my portion. Now when we speak of a uh, portion, uh, when we speak of a portion, uh, we usually speak of something which we regard as valuable. We usually speak of something which has considerable worth in itself and also in our estimation. You don't often find someone referring to something like a handkerchief, you know, and saying, this handkerchief is my portion. <laughs> or, you know what, there's this little thread sticking out of this handkerchief. There's always a thread sticking out of a handkerchief. All right? You know, this thread is my portion. Now, it's true that if the handkerchief belongs to me, then the thread belongs to me, and it is my portion. But people don't usually talk that way. All right? People usually speak of a portion. They speak of something of worth and of value. And who is of greater worth? Who is of greater value? Who could be a greater portion than the Lord? Great is the Lord, the Bible says, and greatly to be uh, praised. First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 11. Thine is greatness. Thine is the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. All that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Psalm 96 and verse 4, For the Lord is great and greatly to be uh, praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Jeremiah chapter 10 uh, and verse 6, For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. Uh, in might, excuse me. Great in uh, might. Uh, and so, I think it would be very true, very, very, very true, to say that God is an infinite portion. We could think of this world. Uh, we could think of the world of men. And we could think that different people in different places, here and elsewhere, have positions and have power, and have a certain amount of honor among men. God is greater than all of these. Because the Bible tells us that the kingdom is in His hand. The Bible tells us that all authority uh, is uh, His. We could think of the world of nature. All that we see around us. We could think of its beauty. We could think of its precision. 
things that are so, so small and yet made so very exactly. We could think of the world of nature and think of its size, its magnitude, things in the universe that we learn about continually, things that are so vast, so huge, that it is hard to imagine them. Put all these things together. If someone told you that you have become the owner of the universe, that's a lot. But when we say the Lord is our portion, it is more. It is uh, greater. Uh, It is greater. Hebrews chapter 3 and verses 3 and 4 tells us that the one who built the house has more honor than the house. And if the house is this universe which is all around us, the Lord Jesus is the one who has built the house. The one who has made all things. And thou art my portion, O Lord, the verse says. Now, another idea to keep in mind. With these things that we have spoken of, With these things in our minds, in our hearts, we are reminded of the foolishness of envying the portion of other people, specifically people who have a different portion. And here, what we are speaking of is a problem that appears in the Bible and appears in the hearts and in the thoughts of God's children at various times, the problem of the prosperity of the wicked. Izdihar al-ashrar. You see it in particular in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 37 and also in Psalm 73. That's an interesting way to remember it. 3, 7 and then, and then reverse them and make it 7, 3. In Psalm 73 it is Asaph. And he says, I was envious of the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. I saw their strength. I saw, uh, 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 I saw uh, their uh, peace. Uh, I saw that they were not plagued like other men. I saw that pride compasses them and violence covers them. And I said, how does God know? How does God accept this? Is it possible that he is ignorant uh, of it? These ungodly prosper in the world and they increase in their prosperity. And I have cleansed my heart in vain and I have washed my hands in vain uh, as well. I was thinking of this the wrong way. He goes on to say, uh, I went into God's house And I understood their end. I understood their end. You see, what Asaph was saying, you could think of it another way. He's saying that I looked upon them and I looked upon what? A snapshot of them. A picture of them at a certain time and even then from a certain perspective. But a snapshot of a person, all right, 
does not necessarily tell you about that person in a real, comprehensive, extensive way. I went into God's house and I saw their end. I saw how you have set them in slippery places. I saw how you cast them down uh, to destruction. I saw how they will be gone as a dream when you wake up is gone. When you wake up, guess what happens? You find out that you weren't flying, all right? That you weren't in outer space. And a lot of time, you can't even remember what you dreamed. <laughs> you can't remember what you uh, uh, dreamed. Uh, sometimes you want to remember if it was something, so to speak, nice, all right? But, you know, it's gone. I saw that they were gone. And I saw that I was considering things from a perspective that was foolish and ignorant, the way an animal thinks. I was as a beast. I was as a, a, a beast. I was thinking in such a limited way, in such a wrong way. You will guide me with your counsel. And afterwards, I won't go to destruction. You will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God is my portion uh, forever. It is the portion of the believer. He said unto me, Revelation 19 and verse 9, Blessed are they who are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. These are the true sayings of God. Of God. A portion, we can say also, that is not just valuable, and infinitely so, but let's think of that value in another way. Let's think of it in the following way. It is of a value far greater than we deserve in any way, fashion, or form. Genesis chapter 32 and verse 10. Here is Jacob coming back from the land of Mesopotamia. He's coming back with a family. He's coming back with possessions. And he is afraid of his brother Esau and what his brother Esau might do. And so he prays, between parentheses, how many times does the Lord have to get us into trouble so that we'll pray? <laughs> Close parentheses. Uh, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truths which you have shown unto your servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan. When I left the land of Cana, going to Mesopotamia, I had with me what? I just had my staff. Can I also? And now I am coming back two bands. Fer'atain. Fer'atain. We have a portion in the Lord which is far greater than we deserve in any way. John the Baptist of whom the Lord Jesus said that he is the greatest born of women. John the Baptist said, 
I baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who comes after me is mightier, is greater than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with uh, fire. Uh, uh, The centurion, what did he say? He said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Speak the word. Speak the word and my servant shall uh, be uh, healed. The Lord is my uh, portion. It is not a matter of earning things, but it is rather the riches of God's grace uh, towards us. When the fullness of time uh, was come, we managed to do what? We managed to work our way up to God and earn his favor. When the fullness of time was come, God came down to us out of grace and mercy. God sent his son to redeem them who were under uh, the law, to give us the adoption of sons. And because we are sons, there is the spirit of his son in our hearts. And because we are sons, Galatians chapter 4, we are heirs of God through Christ. The Lord is my portion uh, uh, bestowed upon me apart from any merit, apart from any idea of deserving or uh, earning uh, it. Uh, Paul was told to go. And to preach the message. To open their eyes. Acts 26 and verse 18. To turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive. Not that they may earn. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. And an inheritance among them who are sanctified. By faith which is in me. The Lord is my portion. Let us also say regarding this portion. That it is a portion. Which fills and satisfies. It is a portion which is uh, sufficient. Which is uh, sufficient. Here and there, you read of people who had great riches and who lived lives full of misery and woe. And usually you say to yourself, there was something wrong with that guy. Now, if I became rich, I would be very happy. And then you say to yourself, I wonder whether he said that as well, before he became very rich. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11 says, He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out uh, the work of God uh, which he makes from beginning to uh, end. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He knows how to make things that are right and true and beautiful and satisfying. Uh, and uh, uh, satisfying. Uh, uh, it says also that he has uh, set, uh, the same verse actually says, 
uh, it says it more clearly in Arabic than it does in our translation. He has set the world in their heart. Actually, it says he has set eternity in their heart. Ecclesiastes also says that the one who loves gold will not be satisfied by gold, and the one who loves silver will not be satisfied uh, uh, by silver, because God has made man's heart not to be something cheap. Now, we debase our own selves, and we uh, uh, sear our own consciences, and some people end up having some kind of satisfaction, but even then it's not that much, to be honest, in my opinion at least. He has set eternity in their hearts. He's made the heart of man greater than something that can be filled with trinkets like gold and silver. The Lord is my portion. The Lord fills the heart. The Lord is the one who gives uh, sufficiency. It is a a sufficient uh, uh, portion. Uh, It is a sufficient uh, portion. Uh, This is life eternal. Uh, The Bible says that they may know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. The Lord is my portion. Uh, To have him and also have him in the sense of accepting him, receiving him, following him, loving him. This is where there is satisfaction. This is the richest of portions, the greatest uh, heritage, uh, uh, the most abundant uh, inheritance. The Lord our God is one uh, uh, Lord, the people were taught to say by the law, Deuteronomy chapter 6, and you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And uh, Paul the Apostle said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto uh, his uh, uh, death. The Lord is my portion. The Lord is our life. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 20, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you would cleave unto him, for he is your life. And the length of your days. Because he is your life. And the length of your days. And Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, nevertheless I live. Not I. Christ lives in me. And the life which I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ lives in me. My portion is the Lord. He has come into my heart. He has come into my life. My life is Christ. To me, to live is Christ. And to die uh, is uh, a gain. And so the life of Christ is my portion. And the death of Christ is my portion. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27. Christ in you. The hope of uh, glory. 
When Christ was born into this world, he was born of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Uh, when the believer is born, again, he is born of the Holy Spirit. When Christ was born, he experienced the hostility of the, uh, of the world uh, in the form of uh, Herod, later on in other forms. The believer, when he lives godly in Christ Jesus, suffer, suffers persecution. The Bible says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And the believer grows in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ was baptized to be identified with us more closely, not because he needed it himself. Not because he needed it himself. And uh, uh, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that as he was raised, uh, so also we will be raised. Christ was tempted in the wilderness, in the wilderness of this world. We are tempted. Christ was not acknowledged by the world who he really was. The world makes light of the believer uh, and criticizes uh, uh, him. Uh, Christ went to the cross. The Bible says we are crucified uh, with him. Christ rose from the dead. We rise with him. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit when the believer's journey on this, uh, on this earth ends. What does he say? Stephen said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And our bodies will be raised like his body uh, uh, was raised. And we will ascend even as he ascended. It's like we have imported what? We have imported his life. He has become our portion. And Mary has chosen the best portion, which cannot be taken from, uh, from her. The Bible says that God is the strength uh, of uh, our uh, life. Uh, the Bible says that all our springs are in uh, Him. Uh, are in Him. Uh, Psalm 103, He satisfies my mouth with good things, so that my youth is renewed like uh, the eagles. Uh, he is the joy of uh, our life. I will greatly uh, rejoice in the Lord. My spirit shall be joyful in my God. His loving kindness is better than life, uh, the Bible says. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Psalm 84, 11, uh, He is my sun and my shield. Uh, Psalm 90 and verse 1, my dwelling place in all uh, generations. And Psalm 91 and verse 1, uh, the secret place of the Most High. Uh, he that dwells in that place will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In him we live and move and have our being. First uh, John chapter 4 and verse 16, we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God, and God in him, and God uh, in uh, him. And the Bible says, with open face, we behold, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. We are changed into that same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of uh, the Lord. The Lord is my portion with his strength, with his joy, with his light, with his presence. 
with his pattern, with his uh, pattern. Uh, there is, therefore, the greatest unity that exists between the believer and between uh, the Lord. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Ephesians chapter 5, we are of his flesh and of his bone. Of living, lasting, loving union. God is our portion. Now this leads us to the second part of the verse where it says, I have said that I would keep your words. I have said that I would uh, keep uh, your words. Uh, what does it say in Deuteronomy chapter 6? Very important statement that was often repeated by the people of the Old Testament. The Lord our God is one God, is one Lord. And then you have the first great commandment, which we also mention commonly. You will love the Lord with all your heart. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. And with your, all your soul and with all your might. And then, right after that, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 6, it says, These words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. And you will do them, and you will teach them, and you will speak of them to your children. And when you sit down, and when you stand up, and when you go out, and when you come in, the Lord is one Lord, you love him with all your heart, and you love and do his work. You are my portion, O Lord. I have said I would keep your uh, words. Uh, I have said I would keep your words. Set your hearts. This is at the end of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 32. Uh, towards the end of uh, Moses' speaking to the people. Uh, all of Deuteronomy uh, is one long speech, basically, uh, in which many things are retold which occurred uh, earlier, uh, repeated with amplifications and, and different emphasis sometimes. Uh, it is a second giving. That's what Deuteronomy uh, means. Moses makes an end of speaking, and when he makes an end of speaking, this is Deuteronomy 32:45. he tells the people, set your hearts. Set your heart. You know how you set something? You know, there are many things that need to be what, need to be what, uh, calibrated, right? Right? Now, uh, let me admit something to you. I don't like to stand on a scale <laughs> and see my weight. I avoid doing it. Uh, it's a form of denial. Uh, but, but, but. Let's say that you're going to stand on a scale, or I'm going to stand on a scale, and check my weight. Now, you know these ordinary uh, scales. We're not talking about some super scale that's uh, super scientific and, and also super expensive. Uh, we're talking about a regular scale. What is one of the things that you need to do? Before you step on the scale, you know there's that little kind of knob where you have to uh, uh, turn it until what? until the needle is at zero. Otherwise, 
Otherwise, the scale is not, is not calibrated uh, properly, you know. Now, actually, what I should do is turn it in that way and make it go under zero, so I'll be light. But no, that's the, that, would be the, uh, that would be cheating and deceiving myself. Yeah, you need to set it, all right? You need to set it. And, and notice the idea of doing something with, with, with a purpose, all right? With a purpose. Sometimes we think, oh, how am I going to love God's Word? How am I going to grow to, to know this Word? I, I, I'm going to slip on a banana peel someday and fall and bang my head and wake up being someone who loves God's Word. Set your hearts. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 45. Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. This is Proverbs 4.22. Let them not depart from your eyes. Notice this statement, interesting statement. Keep them in the midst of your heart. (laughs) Not just keep them in your heart, but keep them in the midst of your heart. These words. For they are life unto those who find them, and health to all their flesh. And the words of the Lord Jesus, John chapter 6 and verse 63, it is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. I have said that I will keep your words. There is a decision that is being made here, a resolution, a determination, not just uh, uh, some words or commitment uh, passing in nature, uh, spoken in haste, a reaction uh, without thinking. I will keep uh, your words. I will believe what this word says. I will depend on what this word says. I will derive my strength from this word. He humbled you, Deuteronomy 8 and verse 3. He suffered you to hunger. He fed you with manna, which you knew not and your fathers didn't know. Why did God do these things in the wilderness? So that he will make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3, which of course the Lord Jesus quoted uh, later on. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Uh, this book of the law, Joshua 1.8, will not depart out of your mouth. You will meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then you will make your way uh, prosperous, and then you will have uh, good success. His delight, Psalm 1.2, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he uh, meditate day and uh, night. Uh, day and night. There was uh, this commandment in the law, and the people followed it. Now, later on, they followed it, and their heart was far away, and they started taking pride in an appearance, the fringe of their garments. They put Bible verses in it. 
Now, later on, the Pharisees make the fringe bigger. All right, as if the fringe is the uh, purpose. But the commandment is there in the law. So that wherever you, ha- you go, the word is going with you. Whatever, whatever direction you take, it should be according to God's word and in keeping with God's word. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. It is, in fact, an act of courage and bravery to determine and to follow through with that determination to obey God and to follow his word. Because, the Bible says, in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 7, only be strong and very courageous so that you'll be in the front line of the battle. I've never been in the front line of a battle. I imagine it does require a considerable amount of courage and bravery. But we're not talking about that. Only be strong and very courageous so that you may observe to do everything, so that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Love this word. Uh, Psalm 119, uh, this same psalm, psalm, verse 97, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my, medita- me- my meditation all uh, the day. Uh, look at verse 48. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved. I will meditate in thy uh, statutes. Uh, uh, verse 127, I love your commandments above gold. 159, uh, oh how I love your precepts. Uh, 167, uh, my soul has kept your testimonies and I love them exceedingly. What does the Lord say concerning his children? He says, I will put my law in their hearts, in their inward parts, and write it in their hearts. And I will be their people, and they will be, uh, uh, sorry, I will be their God, and they uh, shall be uh, my, uh, my people. Psalm 19 says uh, that God's commandments are more to be desired than gold, and sweeter than honey, and the honeycomb. And Psalm 138 and verse 2 says that you have magnified your word above all your name above all uh, uh, your name. And notice how he speaks of the word very quickly in the remaining verses in this section from 57 to 64. Uh, In 57 he says, in the second part, I said I would keep your word. Verse 59, I thought on my ways and I turned them, turned my feet to your testimonies. I use your word to correct my path. No, I shouldn't go there. Yes, I should go, uh, go there. Uh, I made haste, and I delayed not to keep your commandments. Verse 60, without delay. Without delay. Verse 61, bands of the wicked have robbed me, and so I forgot God, because he's unfair, because he's unkind, because he's unjust. No, I've not forgotten my law. At midnight I will rise with thanksgiving, Uh, Because of your righteous ordinances, I keep company with those who fear your law. Your law. The earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. Teach me uh, your statutes. Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep 
thy words. From the first part, we might say, this question arises. The psalmist says, Lord, you are my portion. What is my relationship with God? What is my relationship? From the second part, I have said I would keep thy words. What is my relationship with God's word? What is my relationship with God? What is my relationship with God's word? And if I have a real and true and living relationship, it should be a better relationship. It should be a, a better relationship. Grow in grace, the Bible says, and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for this passage which we have considered. We thank you because you are our portion. We thank you for your word. Help us to say that we have said, that we have determined, that we have decided God being our helper, we will keep your word. I have decided to follow Jesus, the hymn writer says. No turning back. Help us to know that this portion is the best portion. Help us to know that this way is the best way. Help us to know these things not just as facts, in our minds, but as experiences in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.